Hello and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Mecklen. Catch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8pm Eastern. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Welcome to the Sunday Night Battle Cry. I'm your host, Mark Meckler. And as always, I'm super glad to be here with you. This is my favorite place to be on Sunday night. One, it usually means I'm at home. And I love that. It's been a beautiful week here in Texas. We got a bunch of rain. I don't know if I told you, but the creek out front has been absolutely bone dry. All the fish got killed off and everything. Now it's full again. So we've had a whole bunch of rain. Everything's green. The creek is filled up. You're even starting to see some little fish and little turtles out there. So we're happy about that. We like to play in our creek and we like our fishing. We love the beauty that God rains down upon the earth. So we're pretty happy about that this week. This week, uh, we got something special going on, which is the upcoming week is the Constitution Week. It's every year this week. uh, We celebrate America's incredible constitution, the longest surviving constitution in all of history. Average constitution here, only 17 years. Ours, obviously, pushing towards 250 years at this point. So incredible longevity of our Constitution. Also, September 15th in particular is Article 5 Day. You notice I'm wearing my Article 5 shirt, my Article 5 hat. You can get those if you like them at conventionofstates.com forward slash store, or just go to conventionofstates.com and click on the store, get some cool gear. But we're celebrating this week, and we're encouraging everybody to do this, right? This week, what I'm encouraging you to do is stay calm, and stay sane. We're moving into an election, and every year as we move into election season, I always end up looking at Patty across the dinner table one night and saying, people are losing their minds. It's election season. People are going crazy. And I'm going to tell you, if you can stay sane, if you can stay rational, if you can stay calm, if you can stay positive, you have a huge advantage out there in the world because, well, the left can't. I mean, they literally can't. Yeah, I remember pictures of screaming woman. I don't know what else you would call her when Donald Trump was elected. Uh, you saw the riots of 2020 all summer long in 2020, burning stuff down and, and looting and rioting and killing. This is the American left today. Crazy, screaming lunatics who cannot stay calm and stay sane. As evidence, uh, enter into evidence as exhibit number one, we have a new poll that came out showing that one quarter of all Democrat voters believe that men can get pregnant. Yep, that's right. One quarter of all Democrat voters believe that men can get pregnant. It's hard to even know what to say to that. Uh, You know, by the way, the numbers jump way up. If you say white college-educated women, the numbers are up closer to 40% of white college-educated women think that that men can get pregnant. I mean, this is just an extraordinary thing, and it shows the state of the left in the United States of America. Now, I've been having a debate, a running debate with my son Jacob about, do they really believe this, or is it just woke to believe this? Do they know that in order to be a member of the tribe, in order to be accepted, in order to be considered a leftist or a socialist or a wokeist or whatever you want to call it, to be part of their religion, you have to say yes to this. And my son's theory is, they don't actually believe it. It's not something that they actually deeply believe. If you could sit down with them and have them be honest, they know damn well that men can't get pregnant because little kids know that men can't be pregnant. I mean, this is just, it's ridiculous stuff, right? I'm not so sure. I think some of them have become convinced. I think you have the science, quote unquote, establishment. As as Ben Shapiro calls it, science. You've got the crazy people who say, 
in their white lab coats that men can get pregnant. So I don't know. The debate's up in the air. What do you guys think? Do these crazy people on the left think that men can actually get pregnant or do they just say it because they want to be accepted by their tribe, by their wokest religion? It's hard for me to say, but I can say that's crazy. They're not calm. And so if you stay sane and you stay calm, then you have an advantage over everybody else on the left. And this is really important. As we move into election season, you're going to hear a lot of crazy stuff not just from the left, but you're going to hear it from folks on the right too. And this is super important. Go, do not get dragged down that rabbit hole. And look, a lot of things that I might've considered, or you might've considered crazy conspiracy theory a couple of years ago, have proven to be true. That's fine. But there's things that we don't know right now. We can't know right now. I just don't get dragged down the rabbit hole. People try to tell me stuff a lot of times. And, and one of the things that I'm looking at is, can I do something about that? Can I actually really know something about that? And if my answer is, I can't really do anything about that, I can't really know whether that's true or not, then I avoid it. Also, one of the things for me, that's kind of my gold standard, is when somebody tells me something that might sound a little conspiratorial, the first thing I'm doing is looking to Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson. These are two guys that I know personally. I absolutely trust both of these guys. They have staffs that do research for them. And by the way, they would want to break any radical story that paints the left poorly or shows that there's some great conspiracy against those of us on the right. They would be happy to break those stories. So they're not going to hide them. And so if they're not talking about them, if they haven't decided that they clear the bar, then I'm going to hold back. And I think you should too. And this is a way we focus on the things that we know are true and factual and we can actually do something about. Also, it's important just for your sanity. I said, stay calm and stay sane. And why is it important for your sanity? Because there are enough difficult things to put into your noggin right now that you have to think about, that you have to deal with, that are real life problems in the real world that you know for sure exist. And so in order to do that, you got to push aside some of this stuff. So when your friends come to you with the crazy conspiracy theories, I would say, just say, hey, I appreciate that. Continue to keep me informed. I'm going to focus on the things that I can do something about. Stay calm, stay sane. All right. As speaking of not staying calm and not staying sane, man, exhibit one on that this week is President Joe Biden. And if you haven't had a chance to see his speech in front of Independence Hall, I highly recommend that you do it. It was truly incredible. And when I say incredible, it's because I was incredulous watching it. Now, first of all, just the setting, you've probably read some about it. You've seen the pictures. It's literally black and white, uh, sorry, black and red, deep red, looking very satanic, Third Reichish, totalitarian, fascist, whatever it was, it was a really bad look. Now, I don't know if that's intentional or accidental. If it's intentional, whoever decided that was a good idea, yeah, they need to get fired. If it was accidental, whoever decided that was a good idea, yeah, they need to get fired too because it was a bad look. I mean, it honestly, looks not like something out of the Third Reich. It was really terrible imagery. And to have two Marines standing behind him, that was even worse imagery. Like the president is not allowed to use the military. I mean, he said it himself early on in his presidency, he'd never use the military as props in a political speech. And by the way, if you're a military person, you should never be in uniform. This is a, a regulation. You can't be in uniform during a political event. And this was clearly a political event. In fact, I've heard people defend Biden's speech by saying, well, it was just a stump speech. Well, if it was a stump speech, 
then Marines in uniform had no right, no business being there, and it's against the rules. And in fact, General Mark Milley, right? We all know that name. During President Trump's presidency, he ended up walking across the street to the church across the street from the White House, and, and he got caught in photographs doing that. He was in uniform. He was in fatigues, and he apologized for that, right or wrong. You should definitely be investigating and apologizing for these Marines being at the president's speech. This was an out-of-control speech where Joe Biden repeatedly 13 times referred to MAGA Republicans and called us enemies of democracy. Now, I want to clarify in the same way that he did what he means by MAGA Republicans. Everybody who disagrees with him. That's what he meant. Because he mentioned people who were pro-life. He mentioned people who were pro-traditional family pretty much down the litany of what it means to be a conservative. So if you're a conservative, then you're a MAGA Republican. Now, he's tried to walk it back since then. He's tried to say, you know, what he really meant were the extreme fringe faction of the Republican Party. But he included specifically enough people that he's probably talking about pretty much anybody who voted for Donald Trump. Certainly anybody who still votes or still supports Donald Trump. Look, I I think a lot of things about Donald Trump. I think he's a complex figure. I think he did a lot of good things as president. I think he did some really bad things as president. I think we can blame Donald Trump for the vaccine mess, for the Fauci mess, for the Dr. Burks mess. I mean, he created all that, but he also had a lot of good policies. And so I think he's a mixed bag like any human being. I guess that makes me a MAGA Republican. Certainly, I'm an America first Republican, right? I think we should always put our country's interests first. Certainly, I am a strong military guy. I believe in a strong presence on the world stage. I believe NATO should pay their fair share. I'm anti all this new Green Deal garbage that California is now suffering under. So, I mean, pretty clearly, I'm a MAGA Republican. And I guess so, that means that I am an enemy of the state, an enemy of democracy. Who actually are the enemies of democracy or the enemies of the state? It's, it's by the way, it's not people that you disagree with. People that you disagree with politically, they're not enemies of democracy. They're not enemies of the republic or enemies of the state. We're supposed to be able to have disagreements, especially within our federal system, different states doing things different ways. That's all okay. People who are actually enemies of the system are people who are bastardizing our system. People who are destroying our system. People who are politicizing and weaponizing, for example, our police agencies at the federal level. People who are using the FBI to crush their political opponents, to call parents who go to school board meetings domestic terrorists. Those people are actually, it appears to me, are enemies of our system. These are people that are causing our system to lose legitimacy and they're destroying our system. And I think it's important that they be driven out of the system, that the system be reformed, that we shut down the FBI, that we reform the DOJ, that we go after this stuff hard when Republicans take over Congress and maybe they take over both houses. I think they need to go after it hard. Ultimately, maybe, you know, you have a President Trump or a President DeSantis and they gut the federal bureaucracy because those are the people that I believe are acting against the interests of the broader public in the United States of America. The schools are doing the same thing. I mean, what your schools are doing, if your kids are in public school, or I still call them your schools, even if you're like me and your kids are beyond school age, those are our schools in our school district. What they're doing is they're trying to take the kids away from us and they're using their ideological allies on the left to do it. And they're trying to groom them. Now, I know there's a lot of people on the left that are offended by this term groomer. 
traditionally somebody who was grooming was an individual that was grooming up somebody who was young so that they could be sexual predators on that young person. But I think it has broader meaning now. What they're doing is they are grooming up our children in bizarre sexual ideologies, in anti-American political ideologies, I believe in, in anti-moral uh, ideologies in ways that they want to take your kids from you, take your grandkids uh, away from you, and make them into something that you don't believe in. And what we have to do in that regard, what you have to do, again, stay calm, stay sane, but you got to fight back. The left is not calm. They're not sane. They're doing all this bizarre stuff. They're trying to teach little boys and little girls that they could be little girls and, and little boys, right? They're trying to switch them over. They're trying to tell them they can be anything they want to be. They're trying to tell them it's okay to mutilate themselves, to chemically castrate themselves. I realize that should make us very angry, and I, I am very angry about that, but we have to stay calm, stay sane, and fight back against that. We have a lot of COS people now working on school board races, helping to elevate other people onto school boards, running for school boards themselves. We're going to have to take back the school boards. We're going to have to take back the local schools. And by the way, I would say also, if you're a parent with kids in these schools and you can, if there's any way you can, the most important thing that you could possibly do is pull your kids out of these schools. Put them in a private school that teaches according to your values. Now, I say that I know it's not cheap. I know it's not easy. I know it's hard if you work full time. But they're your kids, right? So I think you have an obligation to pre prevent them from being abused by the system. If you've got to leave your kids in the system or if you make a conscious, rational choice to leave your kids in the system, then what you got to do is you got to fight for them. You got to be the fly in the ointment. You got to be the person who's the squeaky wheel. You've got to go to these places, to these school boards, to these schools, to your kid's teacher, and you've got to cause the trouble. By cause the trouble, I mean, you got to speak up. You got to expose it. Plenty of great organizations in the fight. Uh, Ian Pryor out of Virginia, Loudoun County, one of the people who started this fight, Fight for Schools, great organization. So there are a lot of them around the country find a local one, and a lot of COS activists are involved in this all over the country. Things, just when you think they couldn't get any worse, and I'm not a doom and gloom guy, but right now we're facing potential food shortages in the West. Now, I know that sounds crazy, and I've never seen food shortages in the country in my lifetime. You've never seen it. We've seen now baby food shortages, right? But food shortages could be coming to the West, and they probably are. Specifically, especially, they're coming to Western Europe. And why are they coming to Western Europe? Because Russia is using its natural gas, which was imported into Western Europe through the Nord, not Nordstrom, by the way, as Karine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary, said, but the Nord Stream 2 pipeline approved by Joe Biden. They're using that as a weapon in a war. I mean, I realize that would just be impossible to foresee. You would think that when people are funding a war and providing weapons for a war against Russia, that Russia would continue to want to provide them gas. Oh, wait, that's ridiculous. You're, you're saying that's ridiculous? Wait, you think somebody participating in a war would use energy supplies as part of that war? Oh, you mean that's always been done throughout all of history as long as we've had fossil fuels? Oh, yeah, you're right. So in other words, any normal, rational, reasonable, semi-educated human being would have known that Russia is going to do this. Now, Europe itself has been cutting its own throat repeatedly for decades, going green, using their green nightmare, right? And so they go green, 
but they still have to import gas to heat their homes, run their factories, et cetera, and they're getting it from Russia. Russia, a hostile foreign power, as if that's not going to cause any problems. Of course it is. And so it's going to cause problems in Europe. I don't know what's going to happen with the war. I think the Ukraine war is probably going to wind quickly to a close. I think you're going to see European countries stop supporting Ukraine as you get into winter because their people are going to start freezing to death. We worry about global warming in this country or in the woke movement on the left. The real truth is way more people, over four times as many people die every year of freezing than they do of overheating. Cooling and freezing, freezing cold temperatures in the winter, much more dangerous than hot temperatures in the summer. And so we're going to see that and we're going to see fuel shortages. And so farmers are going to be leaving crops in the field. We're going to see food shortages in Western Europe. That's going to affect us here as well. Probably not as severely. We're in better shape than Western Europe is. But this is a lesson for America. We better get damn serious about our energy policies, damn serious about our foreign policy, and facing off against our adversaries. And the way you do that, by the way, is you grow a strong economy. It's not by taxing yourself to death. It's not by regulating yourself to death. Because eventually, in a hostile world, which the world has always been hostile, is always going to be hostile, you're going to need military power. If you want to be dominant, if you want to spread a good ideology, which is the American ideology, you have to have the military firepower. That costs a lot of money. That requires a healthy economy. So what's been happening is the West, including the United States, have been hollowing ourselves out, killing our own economy, and in doing so, making us weaker on the world stage. China understands this. Russia understands this. We're going to have to get serious. We're going to have to kick the kiddies out of the leadership, and we're going to have to put real adults into leadership in Washington, D.C., if we're going to fix these problems. And so that means maybe if you're tired of Democrats that you want to rely on the Republicans. And, you know, because the Republicans in Congress, I mean, they're just awesome, aren't they? No? Yeah, no. No, they're not. Yeah, I'd really like to know, and I still haven't heard, what is the plan that the Republicans have? If they take over the House of Representatives, what's their, I've heard they're going to hold committee hearings. Ooh, yeah, that makes my heart beat. They're going to have some committee hearings. They're going to be really hard on the Democrats. I want to know what the hell is their actual plan. And I can tell you, we're doing some polling on this. Excuse me, it'll come out soon. I'll give you a sneak preview. People don't believe the Republicans have a plan. I don't believe the Republicans have a plan. How much faith do you have in Mitch McConnell? How much faith do you have in Kevin McCarthy and the other quote unquote leaders in the Republican Party? And my answer is, if you have any faith in them, well, shame on you. Unless maybe you're 18 years old and you don't know anything about political history and you haven't seen these folks around for decades and you don't know what they've done in the past, you might want to read some history books because they pretty much never do anything. That's the record of Republicans in Congress. Democrats, when they take power, use the power to the full extent that they can use that power. Republicans don't. It's going to be up to you. It's going to be up to me. We're going to have to push on these people. We're going to have to impose the right solutions from the outside. Because if we wait on them, mostly they just suck. They're not going to do it. Mark Meckler is fighting every day to call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States to drain the swamp once and for all. Join Mark and millions of other Americans by signing the official petition at conventionofstates.com slash pod. And now back to the show. Oh, there's another story that's driving me crazy. I should have probably talked about this when I was talking about education. You know, people have been taking kids to drag shows. And I just personally think that's child abuse. abuse. Drag shows are sexualized shows for adult perverts. 
They're not for kids under any circumstances. So I think one that should be against the law. They're very sexualized. That's what they're all about. Shouldn't be bringing kids. But now apparently in Boise, Idaho, in Boise, Idaho, they're doing shows for drag queen kids. And they said they're taking drag to a whole new generation. So you're going to have little kids on stage dressed in drag, having dollar bills stuffed in their underwear, I guess. And the question that I have, if you're in Boise, Idaho or anywhere else, that these kinds of things are happening is where are the real men? I, I can promise you, if I see this happening in Austin, Texas, I know it's happened, but I didn't know what's happening before it did. But if it happens again, I will go and I will stand outside and I will protest and I will absolutely shame these people because they are disgusting perverts and they are trying to groom the kids into bizarre sexual fetish lifestyles. That's what they're trying to do. This is child abuse and real men. Women too, but real men have an obligation to stand up for the children in their society. And if we won't do that, then we're not real men. So if you're in Boise, Idaho, and you know that drag queen kids are coming, you need to stand up, be a man, and do something about this. All right, in COS this week, a couple things going on. I mentioned to you it's Constitution Week. I'm super excited about that. This is where we celebrate this incredible document drafted by men, but I believe men who understood the foundations of our society were biblical. They were, I believe they were inspired. They went in there, they fought about this. They spent months fighting about this, debating this. And out of that battle, out of their wisdom drawn from the Bible, drawn from knowledge of government over the ages, government going all the way back to Athens and even further to Jerusalem, they crafted the best system of government ever known to mankind specifically for the preservation of liberty. And that system is a constitutional republic, and it's based on the principles of self-governance and federalism. The idea that we are best to decide for ourselves, you for yourself, you for your family, you engaged in your community, that's what self-governance is about. And a federalist system, meaning that New York should decide for New York and New Jersey for New Jersey, California for California, Texas for Texas, and so on. That's a federal system. And we have bastardized that system. The courts have made it largely so that the federal government is omnipotent. They have all the power. The states have very little power. The people have very little power. The bigger the state, meaning the federal government, the smaller the citizen. And that's where we're at right now. And the only way that I know how to fix that is to call a convention of states. So far, 19 states have called for it, and we're more than halfway there. It takes 34 states to call for it. This week, I'll be headed to Pennsylvania. Town halls Friday and Saturday in southwestern Pennsylvania. We're going to face off against some of our lunatic opponents, and these are opponents that I would describe as fringe-right crazy people who are now perfectly aligned with the likes of Hillary Clinton, George Soros, MoveOn.org, La Raza, Planned Parenthood, all the leftist groups that oppose convention of states. In fact, in the last week, a book came out written by Senator Russ Feingold. He was beaten by Ron Johnson a couple of terms ago out of Wisconsin. He's a socialist. He wrote a book calling me out personally, calling Rick Santorum out personally, calling Mike Ferris, my co-founder, out personally, saying that what we're trying to do with convention of states is very, very, very dangerous. Why? Because he said we're going to take power away from the administrative state. We're going to take power away from Congress and return it to the states and the people. And he doesn't like that. So Russ Feingold, he literally says that he likes the John Birch Society on this issue. So if you're from the John Birch Society and you're watching this, and I know a bunch of you do because you write me hate mail occasionally and you say that I'm with George Soros, you're with Russ Feingold. 
and Hillary Clinton and George Soros and La Raza and MoveOn.org. You know who I stand with? Mark Levin, Glenn Beck, Ben Shapiro, all of these great conservatives, Steve Dace, Pete Hegseth. Those are the people that I stand with. So you can stand with Soros and Clinton and La Raza and Planned Parenthood, the baby killers, the socialists, the Marxists, the communists in the country. And we at Convention of States will stand with all the great patriots. So this week, again, I'll be out in Pennsylvania. And I'm excited to see you. So if you can make it in Southwest Pennsylvania, go to our website and get more details. Uh, now we're going to do a little bit of Q&A before we close out here today. So first, uh, if you want to put questions in, you can put them in by video. It seems like you guys are pretty shy. We don't get many videos, but you can do it at conventionofstates.com forward slash battle cry. Try to keep them between 30 and 60 seconds, or you can email your questions to battlecry at cosaction.com. First, uh, from Liberty. That's a pretty good name if your name is really Liberty. Why do you think that amending a constitution that the federal government has failed to obey in the first place will make them obey it now? Well, Liberty... I hate to tell you this, but they do generally obey the Constitution. It's just a question of which one. We've talked about this before. Look, this is the one that they obey. Oh, let me grab it. This is, if you look at the, the back, it says Constitution of the United States of America. This is the centennial edition. With all the supplements, it's over 3,000 pages. This contains every case ever put out by the Supreme Court telling you what your pocket Constitution means. So they do follow this one. And if we want to fix this, if we want to cut this beast down to size, then what we need to do is call a convention of states. And history tells us that generally speaking, the amendments are followed generally for at least 100 years. And so I'd be good with that. If we can impose a balanced budget amendment, if we can impose term limits, if we can put tax and spending caps, if we can put in a single subject amendment, making sure they can't do omnibus bills, if we can put in an amendment limiting the Supreme Court to nine, if we can do those things, I'd be willing to have that fight again in 100 years. Well, I mean, maybe not me, but maybe my grandkids. Uh, M. Smith asks, can we get an amendment for election integrity? Uh, I don't know what your first name is. I'll, I'll call you M. How's that? Uh, M, I don't know. I mean, the answer would be, can you fit it within our application? Because our application says we're limiting the scope, power, and jurisdiction of the federal government. I think the issue is this, that elections were meant to be handled in the states by the state government. So... I think having the federal government impose a one-size-fits-all is a little bit dangerous because I don't want the federal government to have more power over elections, and our application wouldn't allow us to give more power to the federal government. I think we need to fight that fight at the state level. Zaley Guthrie says, are we going to do away with the Federal Reserve and the IRS? Zaley, you know, I get asked this, these questions all the time. The IRS, I think the answer should be absolutely yes. We should do away with the IRS. We should simplify our tax code. That's what you would have to do to do away with the IRS flat tax, fair tax, something like that. I'm not going to say what's the best. I don't really know. But we just need a you know postcard tax system. That's really what we should have where you can just put the amount that you owe. I, I'm a fan of the flat tax in the sense that everybody has skin in the game. Everybody pays the same percentage. Rich people are going to pay in more money. Poor, poorer people are going to pay in more money. I, I would even be in favor of a cutoff or below a certain level of income. You don't pay any income tax, but it should be on a postcard. So that's how you get rid of the IRS. And getting rid of the Federal Reserve, look, I don't like the Federal Reserve, and I think Federal Reserve is dangerous. I think it needs to be audited. I think we need to figure out exactly how it's operating and what it's doing, because I don't think we know that right now. My question is, the Federal Reserve is highly integrated into the world's monetary system, certainly in our monetary system here in the United States. So what comes after? 
So I'm going to say, generally speaking, yeah, I'm a fan of at least auditing and probably getting rid of the Federal Reserve. I'm not sure what the system looks like afterwards. And I'm always a little bit hesitant to say, get rid of that until I know what comes after it and something as integral to our entire you know, system, our world financial system as the Federal Reserve. But generally speaking, I'm in favor of getting rid of it. All right, it looks like we're out of time for the week. I'm really excited to have spent Sunday night with you. I'm excited to be out there with you in Pennsylvania this week. Don't forget Constitution Week. Read it, celebrate it, teach it to your kids, your grandkids, your neighbors, and your friends. And come back and join us next week on The Battle Cry. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem. Thank you for listening.